Good morning. God's grace comes to us from the words of Romans chapter 8, the first 10 verses. But before we get to that, I want you to imagine three people with me. The first is a teenager. It's a teenager who has run into quite a bit of trouble at school because of involvement in drugs and alcohol and he keeps getting into trouble even though punishment has been handed down from the school board and from his parents over and over again but he just keeps going back to it no matter how harsh the punishment gets second person it's a spouse who constantly fires up those digital images that bring his wildest sexual fantasies to life And it doesn't matter how often he hears from his family that he's hurting them and that he shouldn't be doing those things, he goes right back to them, despite the warnings of his family and his loved ones. Third, the co-worker. The co-worker who always seems to be talking about someone or something at work, and it's never good. They're always gossiping or talking smack behind someone's back, and they've even gotten so bad that they've been reprimanded from upper management. But we know that that's not going to stop them from talking. What do these three people have in common? Some people might say they're addicts, but that's not the point I'm getting to. They're difficult to deal with if you have these people in your life. They're all doing things that they shouldn't be doing. I forgot to mention, though, all three of them are Christians. All three of these people go to church, they confess their sins, they hear the love and forgiveness of Jesus. They have these lifestyles, these hooks, these sins that are in their life. Now, how does that work? If they really loved God, they wouldn't be doing these things, right? The reason I bring these people up today is because I relate to them. And I'm pretty sure that all of you can relate to them in one way or another, whether it's specifically or you know someone in your life. There's a battle that goes on in our hearts. On one side, We have God's word and the promise of life. On the other side, we have sin and the death that it promises us. The battle wages on in our lives and you'd think that it'd be an easy battle, that God's word would be the easiest choice because it gives us life. But as our lives go on, we see the power that sin has in our lives. So we struggle with ourselves. We have that inner battle going on and it gets so bad. It's, it's the same battle that Paul, the Apostle Paul, had in his life, especially as he writes these words to the Romans. And he wrote in the, middle, in the middle of Romans chapter 7, I do not understand what I do. You ever feel that way? I don't get what I do. I don't understand it. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. There are a lot of days where I hate what I do and I do what I hate. I hate my sins. 
because I know I shouldn't do them. And yet I go through the day and I just keep on sinning. Sin is powerful. Paul says just a few verses later, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Because of the great power that sin has, everyone in the world is condemned to die. But not those three people. Not you and not me. Because all of us are Christians. And what makes a Christian isn't a certain list of things that they do, a certain list of things that they don't do. What makes a Christian is what has been done for you. And it's all done by God. Let's listen to what Paul tells us about what God did for us with the first four verses of Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What makes a Christian is that Christians are free from sin's condemnation. There are going to be a lot of voices in your head from the world, the devil, and your sinful flesh that tell you that you earned it. You won your freedom. You did something to deserve that. But Paul, multiple times through this whole section, assures us and points us back to Jesus. Because if if our salvation was based on something we did, we'd never get there. You can never earn or work your way to heaven. The law is not the solution to your salvation. If you try to use the law as your way to get to heaven, you would never not be condemned. You would always be living in constant condemnation and always falling short of that standard that God has set up for you to get to heaven. He tells you to be holy, to be perfect, just as he is perfect. Now, that's not to say that the law is a bad thing. The law is a very good thing. God speaks throughout Scripture about how good the law is. Psalm 119, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Paul wrote in Romans 7 again that the law is holy. But the law is only good and holy when it shows us that we are not good and holy. That God is the only one who is truly good, who is truly holy. The law is good in that it shows us our need for God. It shows us our need for a Savior to fulfill those righteous requirements of the law. Now, God knew that we would never be able to fulfill the law. He knew that the law would never be able to save us because of the sin that we've brought into our lives, brought into the world. 
God knew that. I mean, if we were without sin, we wouldn't need God at all because we'd fulfill the law perfectly. But we fall short every single day of our lives. So God had his solution to our salvation. He sent Jesus, his son, to break the power of sin and to rid sin of its purpose completely. Sin can no longer separate us from the love of God. It has no power over us. Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Not in sinful flesh, because Jesus was perfect. He came in a human body, the likeness of sinful flesh, and kept the requirements that we could never keep. He was perfect through his whole entire life. And then Jesus took that perfection to the cross and made the perfect sin offering for the whole world so that now the righteous requirements of the law are met in you because Christ lives in you. The Spirit brings the no-condemnation decree won by Jesus at the cross to you into your life. And now nothing can condemn you. You've heard the words of Jesus. You've heard the words of Scripture that all point to him. You've seen the work that he's done on the cross. You've seen the work that he does in your life. You've been washed clean in the waters of baptism. And Paul writes about about those waters of baptism in Romans 6, verse 4, when he says, You were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too, you too, may live a new life. You have a new life to live because you are freed from the power of sin's condemnation. Cannot hold you down. Now, just because sin's power and sin's death are completely null and void in the world doesn't mean that sin and death aren't still around in the world. We still have the influence of sin and death. You can see it all over the place. Sin causes divorce. It causes addiction, anger, laziness. And especially here at Holy Word, we've seen death and its influence all too often. But we are not identified by our sin. We are not identified by the death that influences our lives. You are not held down. You are not owned by sin and death. Instead, you are owned by the law of the Spirit that brings life. Paul writes about that in verse 2. Let me just read that again for you. Because through Christ Jesus, the law, the operating system, the controlling influence of the Spirit who gives life, he set you free from the law of sin and death. To bring it home a little closer, this is what I thought of this week. I thought of, of the light bulb how electricity was harnessed in a light bulb by Thomas Edison and all his contemporaries. They gave a simple yet very complex solution to the problem of the dark. People can do as much stuff as they could in the dark without electricity, without light to guide them. And when light bulbs were invented, when they were harnessed, 
nothing essentially changed about the darkness. It was still there. But you could very easily flip on a switch. We can still do that today. And without even thinking, the light cuts through the power that darkness had in the same way. Nothing has changed essentially about sin or about death. But God has given his simple yet complex solution to the darkness of sin and death in our lives. He gave his son, Jesus, the light of the world to cut through the darkness of sin and death, to rid sin and death of its power. And now God wants you to operate in the light of the Spirit. He wants you to live your life by the Spirit. Don't go running back to the darkness. Don't go running back to sin and shame and guilt and blame. God has freed you from the condemnation that all of those bring. You could say that God took a very, very big risk when he said, nothing can condemn you. Just think about what would happen if the United States government decided to pass a law that there's no more condemnation. No, no fines, no jail time, nothing. Anything you do, they're not going to condemn you. Be pandemonium pretty quickly, right? Removing that standard of law, of, of morality, of, of social norms in our society. You can't just remove a standard of living. You can't remove the law and expect things to go well. But God does not remove the law from our lives. No, the law is still good for us. Especially since it's been stripped of its power to condemn us before God. The law is good because it tells us what's on God's mind. Without the law, we would be left to think of our own, our own system of beliefs. We'd be left to spiritual anarchy, really. Each of us going our own way. But the law is good. The law is good for us because it has not been abolished. It's been completely fulfilled. And now the law has freed us. We have been freed to live as we please. But that's not a license to sin. It's not a license to indulge your sinful temptations. Rather, your freedom from condemnation has given you a freedom to not sin. Not live a perfect life. You already have a perfect life because of the no condemnation decree that Jesus made at the cross. But you are free to say no to sin. You are free to live by the Spirit to desire what God desires. It's what Paul talks about in the second half of this section, verses 5 through 10. Follow along with me as I read those. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the, in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, you are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. 
And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, and he truly is, he surely is, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. I want you to think back to those three people that I opened with today, where you fit in, in between those three or with one of them specifically. The questions will always be there. The questions that say, how can I really be a Christian if I mess up so much? I must be in the realm of the flesh because I, I give up some days. I just go on sinning and sinning and sinning and there's no end to my sin. Sometimes people don't even see it, but I know. Because I struggle with pride. I struggle with a lack of contentment. I struggle with forsaking my responsibilities that God has given me to do. I'm right back with the Apostle Paul. What a wretched man I am. I hate what I do and I do what I hate. I don't understand what I'm doing. There's nothing but death left for those who are in the flesh. Nothing but separation from God's blessings. But, bigger than your sin, bigger than your guilt, bigger than your shame, bigger than your blame, is your Savior who rescued you and freed you from sin's condemnation. Bigger than your sin is the Spirit who, has, who lives inside you and releases the control that those things have on you. When the Spirit lives in you, He turns your eyes away from your sin, away from the sins of others, and points them directly to the cross. He pulls you, sinful as you are, to the foot of the cross to show you exactly what God has done, exactly how much you mean to God. That His only Son would come and sacrifice Himself on the cross, not only for your sins, but for the sins of the whole world. When you have the Spirit living in you and your faith grows and grows and grows, when you're constantly reminded and assured that God loves you, He has made that no condemnation decree over and over again, you begin to desire what God desires. You heard about a little bit of what Jesus desired. And it's not to be served, but to go out and serve. God's desires are spoken of in the Old Testament. In Micah 6, he says what he desires, what he requires of us who have been given that no condemnation decree. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Your God is with you. Your Savior is with you. Desire what he desires. Pursue justice Act in mercy. Be humble. The Spirit is with you, guiding your way as you begin to walk in step with your Savior. And even when you stumble, He picks you back up. You will understand what Paul is talking about with life and peace. They will rush over your heart. It's not to say that the battle is done. Jesus won the battle once for all, but there are still days where you might feel like you lost. 
Sin and Satan got the best of you, but they never got the best of your Savior. Satan cannot condemn you. Sin cannot control you. Because you are in Jesus' loving hands and he is living inside you. Even though the influence of sin is still in the world and will cause your body to decay even to death, that death will be temporary. Jesus' perfection has condemned sin and has condemned death. They have no power over you. You have his righteousness on you. and You'll have eternal life. So, friends, what makes a Christian? Is it a certain lifestyle? Is it doing certain things, not doing other things? Is it coming to Holy Word Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas at 1045 on a Sunday morning to worship God? Well, Christians do that. But that's not what makes them a Christian. What makes a Christian is when a person hears and believes that Jesus has died for them to forgive their sins. What makes a Christian is when a person hears and believes that the Holy Spirit lives in their heart. What makes a Christian is when they believe they have freedom from condemnation they have, and that they are free to live in the Spirit. So, people of Holy Word, do you believe that? Yes! Then I say with the Apostle Paul and with your God, your Savior God, that there is no condemnation, nothing can condemn you, now, forever. Amen.